0: Tokyo Bay.
1: We begin the attack on Earth now.
2: We've persuaded the thing to help you. With what little power it has left. We are going to
3: control you now. Greetings, Godzilla fiends. Welcome to episode number 29 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. This is the first of two shows for the month of March 2011, and I've got a couple of guests in studio with me today who are visiting Portland all the way from the great centennial state, Colorado. Um, seriously, what happened to the Rocky Mountain State? I don't get that. Uh, Brian and Rachel were cool enough to hang out with me when I was in Denver for a design conference and we're going to be talking about our favorite Godzilla stuff additionally I have a post-convention report on Emerald City Comic Con which was awesome and an interview with comic creator John Lehman also I have some uh, I'll have a mini review of the first issue of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters there are a couple of news items but first as we usually do it is time to play some kaiju tunes That was the Godzilla vs. Megalon theme song, which, of course, is this month's Daikaiju discussion film and one of uh, Brian's treasured films, I'm sure. I'm not going to say his favorite, but it's a treasured film. Uh, and then after that, I played Godzilla's Rampage, which was for Sean from Godzilla King of the Monsters. So, like I said, we have Brian and Rachel in studio with me here tonight. And we're going to talk about Godzilla. Dude, thank you guys for coming out to visit Portland. I mean, so glad you could make it.
4: Thank you. It's wonderful being here.
0: Yeah, thank you.
3: So, um, Brian, give me a little bit of backstory here about you and your Godzilla love and like where, where you discovered Godzilla.
4: Well, <clears throat> um, Megalon, as you said, is a treasured film. Not a loved film or beloved, but uh, yes, treasured. Uh, it was one of the first video cassettes that i had ever seen of any godzilla film so it's uh that was the first film that i saw and it began my love of the genre and from there i branched off in all kaiju directions including the american king kong movies and the ray harryhausen movies and that kind of thing so uh yeah i remember my tape had the uh the king kong knockoff of the world trade centers with uh, Godzilla and Megalon on either one and yeah I watched it like crazy and then realized that every other Godzilla movie was about a thousand times better
3: <laughs> oh, so. just a thousand I mean yeah. so no big deal
4: it was pretty pretty rewarding in that regard so
3: you talked about growing up when we were at dinner tonight you talked about growing up and the famous monsters of Filmland era mm-hmm. so you're a 70s Godzilla fan from es- the from the old days yeah
4: essentially uh my my brother is 13 years older than me, so despite being born at the end of the 70s, I really kind of felt like I grew up in the 70s because that's my TV show references and my movie references just through him, and through that was Famous Monsters and the old Marvel comic line of Godzilla, and even though Famous Monsters had a lot of misinformation, it still had enough information, and we weren't getting anything else here in America that it was Really, really exciting.
3: So even though the the misinformation is there, it's still, still enjoyable. Definitely to, to look back definitely. at that and stuff.
4: And it's, and it's, it's almost even more fun now that it, you look back and that stuff is wrong because it'll have mislabeled names and and a lot of people to this day call Mina Tadzilla and things things of that nature. And it's it's still kind of fun. You can tell that's the shared reference that people have if they call monsters by the wrong names in that way. So.
3: Giant Cyborg Chicken. Right. Robot exactly. Chicken. Did it say Robot Chicken?
4: I, I think Cyborg Chicken. Uh, chicken, Not Robot Chicken.
3: Because that would be an awesome <laughs> reference for Robot Chicken if they had true. named it after Dragon. which I had never thought of before tonight. Uh, so what about you, Rachel? I mean, like, when did you see your first Godzilla movie?
0: I probably saw my first Godzilla movie um, probably... W- Probably two thousand five when Brian and I started dating actually, um, because I had really um, gotten to know Ultraman and I was a huge fan of you know the giant monsters in Ultraman. Love that, of course goes along with Godzilla stuff easily. Of course, (laughs) but of course, yes. um, So I think yeah, we started watching a bunch of Godzilla stuff since he owned a bunch of Godzilla DVDs and um, just fell in love with it immediately because i was already getting into ultraman and i think it really it starts way back with power rangers that's what i knew first <laughs> for big giant monsters unfortunately that was my first introduction to it i wish it was ultraman or godzilla but that's, <laughs> when i found out that's where it came from it of course made sense that i loved that and very easily fell in love with godzilla and ultraman
3: so you got to start somewhere and exactly. so you know be Power Rangers are what they are. They've got their (laughs) origins in Japan. It's all good. There's no judgment here. That's right. (laughs) No judgment here.
0: It was something that I had to hide in elementary school that I loved Power Rangers because I, at that point, was too old to have it be popular in my class. In Uh, elementary school? Really? Yes. I still, yeah, it was for the, it was in later elementary school, but. All right. Well, Kids still made fun of you for it if you said you still liked Power Rangers. So do
3: you like Ultraman better than Godzilla?
0: I would say yes, probably. Awesome. I I have watched cool. a lot more Ultraman than Godzilla. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Pigmon is my favorite monster.
3: Pigmon slash Garamon. Yes. We were talking about that earlier. We're going to have a exactly. little song later, I'm sure. Best thing I could find at least right in short notice <laughs> to play to play on the podcast, but uh, so what is it about Pigmon or or Garamon that you like so much?
0: I think the fact that Pigmon was so helpful to the science patrol and that he was just the cute, friendly monster as opposed to being a bad monster yeah, so right if, you, away.
3: if those of you who are listening have not seen the episode there's a, there's a one particular episode of uh, Ultraman where the science team goes to sort of the equivalent of a monster island. And uh, Garamond, look him up online, see what he looks like, or Pigmon, uh, literally spelled P-I-G-M-O-N, helps the scientists or the science patrol find like a scientist on the island who's like hiding from the big giant monsters. uh, But originally, the the creature was used in Ultra Q. And uh, have you seen that? Have you seen the Ultra Q episode with him?
0: I don't know that I have, actually. I don't oh, think I have. Oh, super cool. I think I've seen a lot of pictures, but I don't think I've actually watched the episode.
3: Meteorite, essentially a meteorite lands into a big giant lake, and when it does that, it causes a lot of destruction around the lake, and uh, uh, Garamon hatches sort of out of this meteorite, and I don't even know because I've never seen the subtitled or dubbed version of this of the episode, but uh, starts making this really mechanical sound and it's just really cool looking it's too bad I don't have it available on my system to show you guys because it's it's pretty cool even though I have no idea what's happening in it but yes cool monster cool monster my tattoo artist as I said earlier my tattoo artist is also a big big fan of Garamond so you're not alone out there that's right (laughs) so uh what's your favorite Godzilla film
0: I would say Godzilla versus King Gidra. I love that movie I think it's Definitely my favorite. There's a lot of them out there that I really. Every time I, will watch. You know, at the end of a Godzilla movie, I will decide, "Oh, this might be my new favorite." <laughs> <laughs> but I also love "Destroy All Monsters."
3: Ooh, it's I love "Destroy
0: All very Monsters." Very good movie.
3: Brian, what's your what's your favorite Godzilla movie out there?
4: Well, <clears throat> I know this is an unoriginal answer in this neck of the woods, but Godzilla vs. Monster Zero really kind of creates the formula for what I think fans of the series come to enjoy out of the series because uh you know there's a lot of different directions that the kaiju films and godzilla films and particularly they go in certain directions but that formula of of godzilla as hero that's that's really when i connected and and that's that was the most readily available kind of stuff uh that my that my brother was getting me into when i was a kid so i really got to stick with godzilla versus monster zero so
3: monster zero huh I'm just not a fan, not a fan. Oh wait, that's my favorite Godzilla movie. I forgot. No, I love that movie so much. Uh, as I said, when we were at dinner, like, um, Brian asked me what, what I show someone when they've never seen a Godzilla movie before. And, uh, and uh, it does depend on the person. You know, if I think it's someone who can't handle a sixties film, I'll show them something like Godzilla, Mothra, King Yidra. But, uh, I chose to show uh, Heather and Justin, who Heather had seen a Godzilla film, but Justin had not. I chose to show them Monster Zero, and it was glorious and uh, amazing and just a great presentation and a great film. So uh, aside from well, we've already talked to Rachel about her favorite monster, what about you, man? Out of all the different monsters out there, all of Godzilla's foes and friends, and forget about just Godzilla, what about Camera and Ultraman stuff. Um, wow. Who's your fave? That's. Uh, Let me put you on the really, spot. That's a
4: really good question. Um, that most people, that most quote unquote normal people, would have laughed at. But it's a really good question.
3: Um, it's hard to answer. Yeah, I know. Um, so much to choose from.
4: Well, in the eighties, uh, there was. I don't know if it was like this everywhere, but I grew up in St. Louis, and uh, my brother would take me around, and we found a series of four vinyl Godzilla toys of Mechagodzilla, Angulus, Baragon, and Godzilla. It's around the time of Godzilla 85. Um, I think they were maybe Bullmark, yeah. um, but I fell in love with Angulus. I really, really enjoyed the toy, and from there, I was like, "What's what movies is this guy in? So... Went from there, and yeah, Angulus is kind of my backup favorite monster. So He's and a I, pretty good one. And I do say Angulus, which can cause uh, confusion, because a lot of the monsters have been translated in a lot of different ways.
3: I also say Angulus. I mean, that's just, I think, yeah. when I hear them say it on screen in Japanese, I hear Angulus, yeah. or Angulus, as uh, several people have said over the years, because now I've been doing this for years. Um Angulus is sort of like one of those monsters that just charms you when he comes right out on screen. Good he's, good good kaiju.
4: He's really Godzilla's puppy dog in a lot of ways.
3: <laughs> it's they have a special friendship. They have <laughs> I don't think I've shown anybody uh oh no that's not right. We did see we watched Gigan. Yeah. And that was definitely best friends. Yeah, they're now. definitely buddies. So. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to do like a bumper sticker for Godzilla that says like I love my Angulus, uh. like you see on the cars that say I love my <laughs> Irish setter. Or uh whatever. Um so do you guys you guys have a, a collection of stuff at home? Do you have uh anything Godzilla related in that collection?
4: Yeah, we've got uh we got a lot of a lot of the vinyl toys. We got uh we try to get the Bandai toys here and there. Um, at the last G-Fest we went to, which was in... Uh, that was in 99?
0: No, no, no. No, it wasn't in 99. 2009. <laughs> 2009. 2009,
4: right. Uh, during,
3: yeah, that's when I went there, yeah. right? Yeah. okay.
4: During that con, we focused on the smaller type, like uh, capsule machine toys, because we could get more for less. And, of course. Yeah, I... One of the interesting things i have is a uh, godzilla versus mothra pachinko machine that i got at g-con in 1995 i went to i guess it was either the first or second public godzilla convention in chicago with my brother and uh we found a pachinko machine and
3: does it still work
4: yeah, it's not it's not electronic. It's just kind of like one of those little toy pinball machines that you would get. Oh yeah, a yeah, little yeah. Kid. With the but spring the, and the yeah, yeah. Okay. It all still works, and the artwork on it is a variety of the Showa era monsters. But it was a piece of merchandising for Godzilla versus Mothra, the '92 film. So it was really strange and interesting, and had a lot of cool artwork on it. And at that G Con, being a kid growing up in that era, and especially my brother who like grew up before me and had even less to go to a convention, that first convention in 95 that we went to and see all that stuff available. It was, it was completely mind blowing. So,
3: Oh yeah. The, well, when I went to the 1999 one in, uh, in Burbank Mm -hmm. and I walked into the dealer's room, I could not believe a, how much stuff was out there and b how much money it cost. Yeah. (laughs) I yes, think I yeah. that was the first time I'd ever seen like the meltdown and the glitter Godzilla from the Godzilla Forever yeah. series and and then I saw the price tags and I pretty much said, Well, there's no way I'm ever gonna own that. <laughs> uh and then of course now they have now they have a, a miniature version, a six inch version of the forever meltdown and I was able to buy that and shake my fist at, at nineteen ninety six. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, what do you, it, like we were talking earlier about the, you know, what movie, what movie would we show to somebody who'd never seen a Godzilla movie? What about you? What movie would you show to someone that knows you like Godzilla that, that has never seen a Godzilla movie before?
4: Well, uh, a, a good r- rule of thumb that I kind of use is, uh, GMK, the 2002 film by Shishuke Kaneko. um, uh, I guess it's Giant Monsters All Out Attack here in America. I've uh, my my original copy said Battle on Fire, which I thought was a neat title, but I have no idea where that comes from. But it just stuck in my head because of its nonsensical fun nature.
3: But, yeah, I wonder uh, if it came from like some marketing materials or something like that. I know this that sometimes when I get stuff from Japan, it'll have like an English subtitle on it, like you, the Gamera figures from Kyoto that were released before the bandai figures said incomplete struggle on the said Gamma 1999 incomplete struggle
4: yeah for what is revenge of iris i'm yeah. also my original videotape that the same company that did uh, or i use the word company loosely i guess the same people that put out my gmk movie they did gamma 2 and it was called advent of legion
3: that's actually what I end up call that's that's what I typically call that Same movie. Here. Instead of like Attack of Legion. Attack right? of Legion yeah.
4: is truly it's its name here in America, but that's that's kind of another layer of being a kaiju fan is uh or a Japanese film fan in general is just figuring out what the titles were versus what we were told they were because it took me a long time to realize it's not Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster or Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Those Or the Bionic Monster, right? Or Bionic yeah. Monster, yeah. Uh Those those names aren't the real names for those films, and and it causes a lot of confusion, especially when you get to stuff like Return of Godzilla, which is Godzilla '85 here. So there's a lot of strange naming things going on.
3: I think when I first started doing all this internet Godzilla stuff, I was looking things up on the Internet Movie Database website, and I loved seeing like the international titles because I had never heard of Return of Godzilla as, as the title for that before, and. Um, I just—it's interesting stuff to me to to find out that they released it as a different title for a different venue and you know a different country kind of thing.
4: Well, and it gets even more confusing if you're from Germany, because as you probably know, every... everything's King Kong, <laughs> uh, Frankenstein. Oh, that's right, that's right. Everything's Frankenstein, but Frankenstein
3: and King Kong, right? Yeah, yeah.
4: I think the Godzilla vs. Megalon poster from Germany says King Kong versus Superman.
3: <laughs> so 'Cause Superman is supposed to be Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar, yeah.
4: So very strange, yeah. A lot of the German posters say Frankenstein's monster Godzilla that, that's and right. it's it's clearly not Frankenstein related. Which makes me wonder what they did when they got War of the Gargantuas and Frankenstein Conquers the World because that was the first time they could be like, Hey, we don't have to insert Frankenstein. The yet.
3: German poster for Frankenstein Conquers the World is gorgeous. It's really? like a clo it's like a close up painting of of the Frankenstein mm-hmm. monster uh, from the Japanese yeah. film. And it's it's basically just his head. And I think it's like a red poster background. Nice. So, uh, GMK. That would really be the one
4: that I would show, getting back to your question. Yeah, uh, yeah. That would be really the one I would show people. Uh, and then beyond that, I mean, just you can't lose with Destroy All Monsters. If, if someone's not going to like Godzilla, they won't like that movie at all. So... You could show them that, and hopefully they would they they would get into that because that's kind of the distilled uh, plot lines of that era, kind of all wrapped up into one. Kind of the genius of Monster Zero in those type of films, all in one package, was destroy all monsters.
3: So. Yeah, I find Destroy All Monsters to be almost as good as Monster Zero. Definitely my second favorite of the of the Showa series, and I yeah. mean I love the first film. I really do love the original but to me the original film is so somber and it's just it's not as fun yeah. as as some of those other ones and i'd like to have a good time when i'm watching the films
4: it, it definitely stands apart the first film is is a lot about the state of mind of japan 10 years after world war ii and the threat of you know what nuclear power could be in the wrong hands which is prescient right now with the the earthquakes and
3: Oh yeah. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit later in the news segment as well. Rachel, what about you? Like if you had to chose someone a movie, if like say a family member had never seen a Godzilla film before, which I don't know how, how possible that is with you, but uh I know with me I'm pretty sure that some of my family has never seen Godzilla films. Yeah, I don't what think would, any of my family show?
0: has seen any of the Godzilla films. Um, I'm very different from my family. Um but I would say I really enjoy the 90s Gamera films. I Ooh. I love those. and if, Good and choice. I think that my sister could probably get into that, even though she is not a big fan of monster movies or really any sci-fi or monster film. I think that she would enjoy the Gamera movies because they are very well done.
3: Absolutely. Actually, um, when... When we had, and you know, because the Daikaiji discussions were randomized, you know, I'd do something silly like show Gamma Two before Gamma Guardian of the Universe, <laughs> and so, uh, in order to ease Martin into that transition a little easier, and Justin as well, and and Heather a little bit too, uh, we watched, we'll watch the prequel sort of thing before the actual film, which it would end up being the sequel. So, when we had. Got uh, Gamma Two on this on the um on the docket so to speak. I was like, well, I'm not letting you watch Gamera Two without watching Gamera Guardian of the Universe first. Right. And uh, I'm really glad I did because I'm sure if he saw Gamera Two and then he saw Gamera Guardian of the Universe, he'd just be like, well, that wasn't very good. Right. <laughs> and then so we ended up watching the all three of them like oh, all, yeah. not not in a row but like i think within a period of like a few weeks and at the end of that he was his mind had been properly blown i should say excellent yeah the, yeah, the i
0: was blown away by those movies i thought sure. they were so good i really enjoyed them
4: let's see i'm 31 now i was about 25ish when i saw gamma 3 i literally teared up at the end because i thought it was just such an interesting screenplay an interesting storyline, and it literally, you know, I wasn't bawling or anything. It wasn't a Steel Magnolia type moment for me, but it was just kind of like, wow, I've never seen this. I'm a big fan of this genre, and I've never seen any anyone kind of go in the direction that they did, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone out there that hasn't seen it, but with the main character the but girl when the character.
3: president of the united states orders the attack on japan it is amazing <laughs> i'm kidding that but, did not happen
4: uh, it's just it was such a wonderful moment and in different very human very human centered with the the girl who'd lost her cat and just kind of very interesting way to close out a trilogy that I can't uh, i shouldn't be missed by anyone who likes oh yeah japanese if, cinema if films. anyone
3: is out there listening to the show and they have if they have, for some, whatever reason, have said, I only want to watch Godzilla movies, I don't want to watch any of the Gamera stuff, you are missing out by not watching the 90s Gamera films. They are so well made. Storytelling-wise, effects-wise, they only keep getting better. I urge everybody to watch those films, for sure.
4: Do you think I could uh, tell my Gamera Guardian of the Universe story real quick? Please. Okay. My brother and I... We travel around a lot, or, or did back when we lived in the same town. And uh, we used to love going to see any and all movies, not just kaiju movies, but anything. And uh, we actually, he had some friends down in Dallas, and we went to the Grand 24 when it opened, which was the largest theater in America at the time, the AMC Grand 24. And they opened with, they, I guess they didn't have enough content for 24 screens, so they had what they called gourmet cinema. And we just wanted to see Die Hard with a Vengeance. And we looked in the paper, and it said Gamera? And that's all it said. And we were like, hey, it might be the old Gamera. Let's go see that. That'll be fun. And we walked in, and it was Gamera Guardian of the Universe. And there was a Dai employee there handing out programs to everyone. And having no prior knowledge to the Gamera series being rebooted and having a low opinion of Gamera in general until that moment... Seeing that film for the first time, subtitled, I think it was the only print in existence that had English subtitles, and I later saw bootlegs available at comic shops that were based on, like maybe struck from that print that we had seen in Dallas, but we got to see that in a theater, 35mm, and it was mind-blowing. And then later we took our programs to G-Con, which was the old Godzilla convention before it was called G-Fest. And we uh, we put our programs up in the auction when we ran out of money. Oh
3: yes, I remember you telling me this in Denver. Yeah.
4: So we put our programs up for auction uh, because we were out of money and we wanted to buy more videos and toys and whatnot. And uh, I thought maybe fifteen dollars tops because it was a free program. But it was a four. It was each different side was printed and it was really nice uh, paper stock. And it was technically the you know U.S. debut of the film, so it's it's a little special, you know. And I was floored when the bidding went upwards to about eighty, ninety dollars for the programs, and and then yeah, it, it was it, I couldn't believe that was really happening. So, and we also had a lot of luck with a laserdisc as well that we didn't think was going to sell for much, and it basically doubled our GCON budget. So <laughs> that's awesome.
3: <laughs> so what'd you buy with that? I can't remember what you said. Oh
4: man, jeez. I think at that point, we had kind of satiated our desire for kaiju collectibles, and some of those vendors had other Toho films, such as The Sinking of Japan and uh, Mysterians, which is a kaiju film, more or less. Um, it's in my list. Mysterians yeah. is in my list, for but, sure. But uh, The Final War, the World War III movie that Toho did. A lot of just strange Toho films, because in general, uh, myself and my brother and- we're just huge fans of of toho and Godzilla is just one aspect one one large aspect mm-hmm. no pun intended but uh
3: the biggest aspect of all that's
4: true <laughs> but uh it it was very interesting to finally have access to a lot of toho films that i had limited to no knowledge of so
3: excellent excellent so uh we're already halfway into the show so i think uh I think this is a really good time for us to take a little music break. And uh, when we come back, I'll talk about Emerald City Comic Con and give my Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters mini-review. But before we do that, let's play a couple songs. We can go get some more beer if we need it. I think we're going to start with what you wanted to hear, Brian, which is the American titles for Godzilla's Revenge. And we're going to follow that up with the only... Uh, playable Garamon Pigmon song that I have which is from Ultra Q it's uh called Garamon's death sorry <laughs> So the first weekend of the month, I went with Heather and Justin and Tiger to Emerald City Comic Con, which was in Seattle. And it was a fantastic experience this year. They, uh, This is the ninth show they've done. And it was not only Saturday and Sunday, but they also extended it to Friday as well. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this year. And it was an amazing show. There were tons of costumes, tons of panels, so much stuff that I couldn't even do it all myself. I of course, needed to clone a copy of Kyle in order to do everything that I needed to do, and I wasn't able to do that, so I missed out on some stuff. One of the coolest things about it was there were a lot of comic creators there. It's one of those comic conventions where... You just have a lot of people who are really in the industry, and there were, I mean, there was Brian Michael Bendis, there was Michael Avon Aiming. both of those guys work on Powers. Dark Horse had a booth, DC had a booth, Image had a booth, I think Marvel even had a booth, and uh, I know Oni Press had a booth, and just, they all had creators signing and talking to fans and talking about stuff they've done, and they had the panels where we went to the DC Nation panel and Dark Horse did a BPRD panel and it was just really fantastic. One of the cool things was that uh, Things From Another World, which is one of the comic shops that I go to, they had a booth there and uh, they had some artists who would sign and one of those well, one of the creators who was signing there was John Layman. John Lehman, as listeners know, is working on a Godzilla miniseries, which is coinciding with the Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters series. And so I was lucky enough to talk to John for a few minutes about his new series and we're gonna play that for you right now so john layman tell me how you got started with uh this idw project godzilla's mini series
1: um i've worked with uh chris ryle in the past on uh scarface and uh idw has published puffed and i've done done some things that haven't seen the light of day yet uh a sam keith art book so i knew chris ryle and uh every once in a while he just says you know hey do you like this do you like that you know we've got it uh and he said do you like godzilla And I'm like, holy cow, yes, I do. And he's like, well, if you want to pitch it, go ahead. And I had a pitch on his doorstep, first thing, nearly the first thing the next morning. Uh, Just the idea, and sometimes you wrestle with pitches and they take weeks, but I I knew what I wanted. I put it on his thing and it just happened. Nice. So Uh, is that, uh, now who's working on the book with you? It's uh, me and uh, Alberto Ponticelli. Uh, an Italian who uh, just did Unknown Soldier for Vertigo. Okay. He's fantastic. Uh, Jay Photos, who colors lock and key. Uh, and he's actually in Arizona, and, and uh, we get together every once in a while. So i like, hey, can we get Jay? You know, Jay's a good friend and an cool, awesome cool. colorist. And then we've got Jeff Darrow doing some covers, anyways. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know exactly how many he's going to end up doing, but Jeff Darrow on Godzilla covers is pretty much the biggest dream come true on Earth. Yeah,
3: when I interviewed Chris and uh, those guys at IDW in January, that they told me that, and that was that was yeah. my first and in, like information of the first year. Like, I was really psyched to hear that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Jeff Darrow is awesome. So, uh, without giving too much away, can you give us a little bit of taste into yeah. what the what I'm, the comic
1: is? I'm a is? huge fan of uh, of Asian cinema, and not just monster movies. Like, you know, I like Asian horror, and uh, you know. Hong Kong action movies, Japanese horror, you know, a lot of good Korean movies lately. Um, So I wanted it to be, like, sort of a half, uh, you know, cop, you know, gangster movie. Sort of Yakuza movie and half monsters. So um, I've got a framed cop uh, who's marked for death and his name's been ruined and his reputation. And he's wanted by the force and the mob getting hold of the Mothra twins and using them to make Mothra... Attack, you know, the criminal underworld and start taking out his enemies. That's awesome. But of course, you know, you bring Mothra to the city, it starts attracting other. Mo- you're you're messing with forces humans can't comprehend. So so
3: something else is coming because Mothra is
1: there, you know, and it's a big monster book. So you can probably guess what. But yeah, it's like a it's like a fusing of at least two of my favorite aspects of Asian cinema. There's no horror in there, but like. Cops and robbers, you know, gangsters shooting things, yeah, and giant monsters stomping things. Yeah,
3: that's awesome. I, I, uh, the listeners don't know this, but I got, I got to see some pages from this from uh, Chris, and they look amazing.
1: Yeah, they, it's absolutely beautiful, and it's super fun to write. Like, I almost feel guilty um, because it goes really fast and it's really fun, and uh, it's just a blast. Yeah.
3: Excellent. Do you know uh, when we can expect the first
1: June. issue? June and it's uh we're in good shape where the first issue is done it's sitting here Uh, I'm lettering it because I love to letter my own stuff cool and uh, so you know uh, it's the first week of March and we've got the first issue done and in comics that's amazing. So uh, it should be on schedule. Excellent.
3: And so is there a subtitle to this? Because I know yeah, that it's regular uh, series. Yeah, it's uh, is... uh, uh,
1: oh. Gangsters and Goliaths. Gangsters so and Goliaths. That pretty much cool. sums up what it is. So you're a Godzilla fan? Oh, yeah. I uh, uh, One of the first things I did, um, uh, 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 my first sort of real job out of college was uh, in journalism. And I worked at the San Diego Union Tribune. And I was kind of, uh, kind of Jimmy Olsen, like copy boy, doing charts, doing the mail. But I started freelancing at ed- entertainment stuff, and the the culmination of my career before I phased into comics was when Godzilla died in 1995. Uh, an artist friend and I got a Entertainment uh, Sunday cover story on the death of Godzilla, Very and cool. it was a huge full color, you know, three page piece on Godzilla, and you know I got the the tear sheets framed and all that sort of Excellent. stuff. And, uh, uh, I've got Godzilla animation cells. I've got the you know the old toy with the fist that, that oh, pops out. The Shogun Warrior. So yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I think my favorite monster is Biollante. I don't know why. Just the design of him. Very cool. He doesn't show up in my book. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm also, um, you know, I love Mothra. I love uh, the Mothra twins and their, all their incarnations. I love the Mothra kid, kids' movies. Oh, do you? Yeah. Those That's are cool. fun. I put those on for my kid. Yeah. Uh, we oh, watched okay. one of those uh, not too long ago. Every,
3: every month we get together and watch a Godzilla movie and then we talk about it on ah. the show and stuff. And, and we watched
1: Mothra 2 Battle... I don't remember the subtitle yeah. for that, but the, the undersea one. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this was, uh, this was me just, you know, having... It's almost like geek fan fiction, but I'm getting paid and it's coming out and it's real. Cool. And I'm, I'm so, like, you know, stoked to be a part of it.
3: So when do you want me to start bugging Chris at IDW that you need to do more more Godzilla
1: when my schedule clears right. I am, I'm murdered right now I'm just so happy I get to do this So, and the, the, I, I'm suspecting the main Godzilla title by Eric Powell and Phil Hester is going to be pretty spectacular too yeah everybody's
3: everybody who I've talked to is really excited about that so aside from Biollante maybe being your favorite monster and really liking Mothra what, what about your favorite Godzilla movie
1: I can't pick I yeah. mean that, that changes from a month to month basis and sometimes it's the old stuff sometimes sometimes it's I don't know it, it goes from decade to decade so I can't pick
3: excellent cool well uh, since we got some time do you want to tell anybody about any other projects
1: you're working on Oh I do a, uh, the biggest thing I do is a book called chew for right. image it's a sort of it's kind of a hit I feel weird saying that because it wasn't supposed to be but it's a book about a, um, a, a, a detective who gets psychic impressions from what he eats so he uh, goes to crime scenes and eats dead bodies, and he's sort of a, a cannibal cop for a good cause. Excellent. Cool. Well, uh, John, thank
3: you very much for taking the time to talk with yeah. us today. And, uh, thanks for having me. You're going to be down in San Diego or WonderCon? Oh, always. Okay, always. I'll see you down there San for Diego, sure. not WonderCon.
1: Well, I'll see, uh, Hopefully I'll see you in San Diego. Okay. And we'll have the book out by then. Excellent. I'll get it signed. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks, John.
3: So there you have it, interview with John Lehman. I am hoping to have more interviews with more comic creators from the Godzilla series as time continues. Again, I want to say that Emerald City Comic-Con was a fantastic time. Not only did I get to meet John Layman, but I also got to meet Jeff Darrow, who is obviously an amazing artist. If you haven't seen his work, you really owe it to yourself to check out Big Guy and Rusty, Shaolin Cowboy maybe even Hard Boiled, which was written by Frank Miller, who I didn't get to talk to him on the podcast, but he did have an amazing portfolio with him. If you've seen the pictures from Emerald City Comic Con, you would know that I was asking people for $1,800 so that I could buy his original piece, which is the cover to the Godzilla miniseries. Amazing work. And not to mention, when I was flipping through his portfolio with my cousin and Tiger, he had like several pieces that were kaiju related, including an amazing Gamera piece that It's it's a good thing I didn't have $200 with me because I probably would have bought it. Also, I thought it was really cool. I got to hang out with a couple of listeners to the show, uh, David and Nick and Denise. It was really great meeting them in Seattle. We went to the Cheesecake Factory, which kind of sucks location-wise because they couldn't seat us. We had like a group of 11 people, and they're like, that'll be a two-hour wait. Regardless, it was really great meeting those people. I think anytime time I go to a city, I'm going to try and uh, meet up with some local kaiju fans. I know that in San Francisco for WonderCon, which I'll be talking about in a little bit, I'm going to try and get together with some local folks there, and then hopefully uh, San Diego if I'm going to be there too. Anyway, make sure you check out the Emerald City Comic Con website for next year's show dates. And if you're interested in going, you don't need to ask me. It is an entirely enjoyable experience and I highly suggest going. So while I could drone on and on about Emerald City Comic Con, I think we're going to go ahead and move on. I have something very exciting for everybody, but I don't want to do any major spoilers on the podcast. It's going to be something that you uh, will be able to click on and see a more in-depth review of this title But I got my review copy of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters issue number one from IDW Publishing. I want to thank everyone from uh, IDW, Chris Mowry, Chris Ryle, Bobby Curnow and Carlos as well, because I was really happy to get this. I've been talking about this uh, series for a little while. I'm very excited about this Godzilla series. And I just want to tell you a little bit about my experience reading issue number one. So first and foremost, the artwork is fantastic. Phil Hester is an amazing artist, and the artwork in issue one really does showcase his abilities as an artist. The inking is done well as well, a little too heavy on the blacks in my opinion. The coloring, fantastic. Now let's get to the writing real quick. Things I liked about the comic is that Godzilla appears very quickly. You only have a couple pages and then boom, there he is. And Godzilla is pretty much a total badass. There's no getting around it. This guy is not a hero at all. So if you're down with that, you're probably going to love this series. Uh, He is killing people. Not specifically, you know, you don't see anyone murdered, but they do talk about the death toll in one of the panels. And his look is fantastic. Godzilla has uh, sort of a mix between Heisei and the Final Wars version, and he just looks just like I want Godzilla to look, but with a little bit of extra flair that I think Phil Hester added as well. Now, there are a couple of negative points I have about it. Uh, Again, I don't want to give away any spoilers in this episode. There's kind of a running gag that goes throughout the first issue that I kind of hope doesn't happen throughout the entire series. Um, Additionally, there's, there's a scene at the end with the President of America. Honestly, it's a little too much like Barack Obama. And when I see comics and movies, and they have, uh, you know, real-world positions like the President of the United States or Prime Minister of Britain, I'd rather see someone generic, someone who's not like, oh, that's George W. Bush, or oh, that's Margaret Thatcher, or oh, that's Barack Obama. I just, you know, would rather see something a little more generic. Obviously, that's something they can fix as time goes on. I'm going to be writing a full review of this comic And posting it on the website. Uh, It's not going to be something that you can get to and accidentally read spoilers. But it will be a spoiler-inclusive review that you can click through on the website so that you can read the full review. Now, that being said, I want to make sure everybody knows where I stand on this. If you're a Godzilla fan, you're not going to be disappointed in this comic series. And even if you are, you owe it not only yourself, but to the rest of Godzilla fandom to help keep this particular title alive. So go out there, make sure you buy Issue 1, make sure you try and buy Issue 2 and Issue 3. I know the comics aren't super mega cheap. They're not, you know, 15 cents like they were when they first came out. But these are not that expensive. I believe the cover price is three ninety nine. dollars Just do yourself a favor and talk to your local comic book shop. Try and order Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. Because on top of that, we also want to see the new uh, Godzilla miniseries as well which I've seen pages of, I think you're going to really like. I know I'm excited to get it. I know I'm a little extreme on this, but I'm ordering every single cover variant because I just want to have a nice beefy Godzilla collection from the Kingdom of Monsters series and the miniseries from IDW. Now, if you're one of those guys that has like digital comics on their iPad or iPod or some other medium, feel free to check it out. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a, a cheaper version online available through uh, Comixology or something like that. If there is, I'll make sure to post a link at least on the website or maybe on the Facebook page so you can check that out. We're kind of running low on time here, so I think we're going to go ahead and start in with the KaijuCast news.
0: This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more
1: news from Japan.
3: On a somber note, as many people know, on uh, March 11th, the eastern coast of Japan experienced an earthquake measuring 8.9 on the Richter scale. This uh, earthquake was followed by a tsunami that has pretty much devastated that area. Thousands have been reported dead, and many more have been displaced as evacuations have continued. And if this weren't bad enough, nuclear power plants along the coastline have been damaged, and uh, there's, there's some scare out there of uh, radiation leaking out. Uh, News is still coming in about that, uh, but needless to say, Japan has a long and arduous rebuilding process in its immediate future. If you would like to help in the relief efforts, there are several organizations that are providing aid. I'll have some link in the show notes to a few websites that listeners can donate to. I'm donating directly to the Red Cross as soon as my paycheck comes in, and I urge anyone who is able to do that to uh, follow suit and help fund Japan's rebuilding. On a lighter note, however, sorry about the doom and gloom there, Uh, August Ragoni is in uh, the new Famous Monsters issue 70 and I guess he has a piece in that uh, magazine that is written as if Destroy All Monsters has just come out so it's a little review I guess. Make sure you check that out and hopefully pick that up if you're interested in the new relaunch of Famous Monsters. Also SciFiJapan.com has announced winners of their Gamera DVD pack contest. I'm pretty sure that if you won you got an email but if you haven't make sure you go check out The website and see if you are a lucky winner. I mean, even I entered that contest. I don't think I talked about it because I wanted to win. But the winner of that contest gets every single Gamera DVD from the Shout Factory. If you have not seen the pictures on SciFiJapan.com from Ed Gojuchowski going to the Winter Wonder Festival in Japan, you really should head over there. I'm going to have the link in the show notes. Of course, there are a lot of photos of kaiju-centric model kits Very expensive ones, but still kaiju-centric model kits. Uh, I wish that I could afford all the ones I saw in there. Uh, Most notably, someone had done a sculpt or a casting of the Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra Varan maquette that had been created for the pre-production art. And uh, it looked very, very similar to the one that I sculpted myself. So I felt a little good about that, especially since... uh, The price tag, I think, was like $350 or, you know, whatever that is in yen. Again, I'll have the link in the show notes to that. I highly suggest checking that out. And, hey, do you know what's coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks? The first weekend in April, it's WonderCon. Last year, I went down to WonderCon with my good friends Heather, Justin, and my son Tiger. It's in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, and it's a three-day comic book convention. Kind of somewhere... In between the size of Emerald City Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con, although I've never been to San Diego Comic Con, it was so much fun. Tiger and I got to see like the premiere of the Doctor Who episode, and I could talk a lot about the entire experience there. But because uh, I'm just sort of announcing that I'm going to be there right now, I just wanted to, to read what they have from part of their press release. Part of the Comic-Con International Family of Conventions, WonderCon is a three-day event that has experienced yearly growth both in size and stature since moving to San Francisco in 2003, culminating in welcoming over 39,500 attendees to the 2010 show. Good Lord. The 2011 event will be held April 1st through April 3rd at the Moscone Center south in the heart of San Francisco, Because of the caliber of guests, exhibitors, and programming, WonderCon has been a must-attend show on the convention calendar, says David Glanzer, Director of Marketing and Public Relations for WonderCon. The level of guests announced for our 25th anniversary certainly reflects that continuing practice. WonderCon offers attendees, professionals, and exhibitors the complete convention experience with a giant exhibit hall, exclusive programming from the top comic publishers in the country, Movie and television panels, anime, autographs, games, the masquerade, and portfolio review all under one roof. It's easy to see why WonderCon has become one of the best conventions in the country. Whew, that was a mouthful. Uh, WonderCon was an amazing time last year, and this year I'm going as press, so I'm going to be looking uh, to IDW Publishing for any information they have on the new Godzilla series and maybe uh, Warner Brothers or Legendary Pictures if they're going to be there. I'm also going to be hoping to talk to... uh, some other kaiju centric guests, maybe, and I uh, might even be on a panel. Not sure about that. Don't count your minias before they're hatched, if you know what I mean. Also, uh, you have heard me talk about it before. Monster Palooza is going to be happening April 8th through the 10th in the Marriott Burbank Hotel and Convention Center. I really wish I could go this year, but uh, the timing is terrible for me. I mean, it's literally sandwiched weekend-wise in between WonderCon and Stumptown, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. I caught up with August Ragoni online, and he filled me in on some cool stuff because, as is publicized, the original Godzilla suit actor, Haruo Nakajima, will be visiting the show. While in the U.S., Mr. Nakajima will be interviewed for an upcoming documentary by Frank Woodward called Men in Suits. Mr. Nakajima will also be sitting in on a Men in Suits panel with Bob Burns, in addition to a solo panel moderated by August and uh, Jason Varney. In addition to Nakajima, Shinichi Wakasa, the suit builder for much of the Millennium series, will also be at the show. Armand Vaker and uh, Peter Brothers will both have presentations on their books as well. I will have a link to Monsterpalooza, uh, their website, in the show notes. Moving on to local events on Saturday, March 26th. Get ready for an evening of sultry superheroines, villainous vixens, and fantastic flirts. Critical hit Burlesque is proud to present Geeklesque. It's burlesque and geekery at its finest. Comics, video games, RPGs, movies, no geek theme is safe. This is a 21 and over event, however. They will have a raffle and some trivia featuring prizes from sponsors like Floating World Comics, Hot Lips Pizza... Hollywood Vintage and PDXR. It's eight dollars at the door, one night only. Uh, the doors open at eight p.m. It's Saturday, March twenty-sixth, at Guardian Games, Portland's grandest game store. And as I mentioned earlier, Stumptown Comics Fest, which is a yearly comic book convention featuring independent comics and publishers here in Portland, is going to be happening the, the weekend following Monster Balooza. That is April 16th and 17th at the Oregon Convention Center in uh, Portland. Here, I'm super excited about going. In fact, I'm hoping that I'm going to be interviewing a guest at the show, Mr. Eric Powell the author and creator of The Goon, a fantastic series if you have not read it, but also, as you probably know, the writer for Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. Stumptown is an amazing show, and this year they've really upgraded, and they're going to be in uh, sort of grown-up digs at the Oregon Convention Center. I really can't wait. I'm looking forward to it, and the team has done an outstanding job so far. I can't wait to see what they're doing with the new location. That is uh, pretty much all of the news, my friends. But uh, as a reminder, don't forget to watch and submit your thoughts, questions, and reviews for this month's Daikaiju discussion homework. The 1973 Godzilla vs. Megalon. Also, I want to thank everyone who's written an iTunes review for me. I uh, just kind of went on to iTunes the other day, and you guys have said some really nice things about me, and I appreciate it. Uh, very much and uh, I hope the show continues to entertain you as uh, as we continue on into the future thanks again to John Lehman for taking the time to interview with me not once but kind of twice during Emerald City Comic Con I can't wait to read your comic man Brian and Rachel thanks for coming out and thanks for visiting and thanks for talking with me about Godzilla tonight thanks again to Nick and Denise and uh, David And Mike as well in Seattle for meeting up with me. I really had a good time meeting you all. And, you know, while I'm thanking everybody, thank you, listeners. You guys are some of the best listeners I've ever had, which sounds silly because this is my first podcast. But uh, you guys continue to be awesome people and really prove that Godzilla fans are top-notch folk out there. If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and want to check out the blog slash website where you can vote in the polls, See the full list of films for the Daikaiju discussions. See the tracks that were played in this episode. Uh, just point your web browser to kaijucast.com and let the awesome flow through you. The Kaiju Cast is on Facebook and Twitter. Quite a bit of links and tidbits of information are shared in between shows, especially on Facebook. If you like the show, become a fan slash follow the Kaiju Cast. As always, I really enjoy hearing from everybody. I'm a little behind on emails right now, but I'm going to get caught up in the next week or so, I think. But I want to thank you all for writing in, and please, please continue to do so. If you want to send me a message, just email controller at kaijucast.com. Your feedback is important to me. With all that wrapped up, we're going to go ahead and close out the show. I want to play a remix for you, which is actually from... Fatboy Roberts, who is from the Court and Fatboy show. It's a show I listen to just about every day. Sorry, just about every day. Uh, this is a remix of the Cloverfield song Roar. It's called City Smasher. So until next time, Jamata!